Welcome to ECNM On Air, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that shares industry intelligence, insights, and opinions on all topics electrical. I'm Ellen Parson, editor in chief of ECNM, and I'm here today with Corey Verbraken, PE, and Bertha Prieto Torres, PE, both engineering managers with Rosenden Electric in San Jose, California, to talk about women in engineering, what it's like to succeed in a male dominated industry. ECNM on Air is one of the many new benefits available to our members only portal, which offers exclusive member benefits and premium content that's hand selected by our editorial team. If you're interested in finding out more, you can register on our website, ecmweb.com, in the drop down menu under premium content. And if you're listening on a podcast app, please check out our website for the links mentioned in this podcast. You can find it in the premium content area. So let's get started with some brief introductions and then we'll jump right into the questions. So Bertha, could you please introduce yourself first? Hi, um, I'm Bertha Prieto. I've been working for Rosenden Electric for the last eight years as an engineering team lead. Um, My original background is actually in mechanical engineering. I graduated from San Jose State. Um, but was given the opportunity to work in the electrical engineering department. Um, and this is this is what I've been doing for the last, what, 15 plus years. How, how long have you been at Rosalind? Eight. Okay. Eight years. Great. Okay. Corey? Okay. My name is Corey Verbraken. I am the director of engineering for the San Jose office of Rosalind. I oversee a department of 10 engineers and designers in our San Jose office as we put together the engineering or the design build projects. And I've been here almost 11 years now. Um, how I got into the industry, I my first real job after high school was a drafter way back in the mid 90s. And then after working in that for a little while, I went back for my electrical engineering degree. Wonderful. Um, let's go back a little bit, a little ways. So. As a young girl, did you always know you wanted to work in a STEM field or how did that come about? Well, not really. For me, when I was growing up, um, it was a small town in the early 90s and there wasn't much guidance about STEM. And, you know, I wasn't a standout math student, so that wasn't an obvious choice for me. And I was never really counseled in that direction. But I was really interested in machinery, big, you know, air handling units and boilers and electrical equipment that I could hear buzzing and humming through it, you know, through a mechanical room door. Both of my parents were teachers in my rural upper Midwest hometown. And I remember them, you know, they'd go to school sometimes on a Saturday to grade papers or work on things. And I'd beg them to open the door of the boiler room so I could go in there and just marvel <laughs> at all of this equipment that I could hear making noises. And that 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 machinery was always fascinating to me. And I, I still feel that same jolt of excitement whenever I walk into any electrical or mechanical room in a building. <laughs> Did you ever feel like um, teachers or I know when I was going to school, you know, there was kind of a stigma with. Um, teachers saying, well, you know, girls are better at, they're not good at math and science and, and you maybe weren't, you know, pushed toward that type of, of major. Did you feel like that growing up or were you always felt like you could do either one and, and there wasn't really any kind of limits there? Yeah, not, I didn't feel any, you know, pushback of, of being, you know, shepherded to one more 
traditionally female career choice or another, but I definitely wasn't encouraged to be an engineer because first of all, I wasn't very good in math. I was a lazy student. So it didn't really click with me until I, I got into high school, my later high school years. And um, then I, I realized I was actually good at math if I actually tried and put forth the effort. So that, that's what maybe opened my mind to a, a possibility of it. Uh, Bertha, did you share some of your experiences as a young girl? How did you um, kind of go into that area? How did you uh, fall into that path? Well, for me, it was my fifth grade teacher. Um, it's not that he pushed us towards STEM or anything. I really didn't know what an engineer was um, when I was a kid. Um, but my fifth grade teacher made sure that we were very proficient in math. He would give us these big, thick packets and he would do flashcards. And if you stumbled on the flashcard, you were going to get a big, thick packet of multiplication and division that you were going to do for a couple of weeks. And then he'd have somebody test you again. And if you stumbled on nine times six, you would get that big, giant packet of, of, of uh, homework. Mm-hmm. And nobody, wanted, nobody wanted to do that yeah. packet because it would take a really long time. Um, and that made me really, really good at math. So when I went to middle school, I was just really good at math. And then um, in high school, my sister, um, my sister's boyfriend at the time, his, his brothers and his dad were engineers. And they're like, oh, what do you like to do? I said, oh, I like math. They're like, oh, you're going to be an engineer then. And I was like, well, I didn't even know what they did. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got that got me thinking of, well, what's an engineer? And I figured out that that really was the right the right thing for me. So it took somebody telling me this is available out there. This is out there. This exists. Right. And, um, and that's what got me started. Did you got, did you ever feel like, uh, you know, well, the males are better at math and science or did you ever feel that growing up? I know I did. Uh, where they were, you know, pushed more into that area. Oh, well, they're good at that. So that's something they could be. Um, nobody ever actually said it out loud. It was just kind of an underlying theme, you know? I think it's just me not noticing. I don't notice mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I grew up playing with my with my older brother. We're seven years apart. Um, in my neighborhood, they were all boys. Um, but until my best friend moved in, until I, when I was like nine years nine years old, then that was like the only other girl in the neighborhood. So for me, I didn't see a distinction between this is for girls only and this is for boys only. It was just we're all kids and we're playing, and it was the same thing at at school. I didn't see. Um, no one pushed me in one direction or the other. Okay. Did you all have any engineering classes in high school? Was that offered then? Or was that something you did in college? Um, just in college. Okay. Right? High school didn't offer any, any of those uh, because of I know special now. classes or at least not that I was aware of. Um, it wasn't anything that, um, you know, they were very, um, like sports sports based and yes they did have you know accelerated courses and everything like that but it wasn't anything that was ever offered to me okay and i didn't uh, know i had a choice to take one class versus another it's just here's your list of classes right okay so you mentioned your fifth grade teacher um did you have any other influences growing up that had an impact on your career choice yes um we had a family friend named mr lewis and he was um he's a teacher and he's been around our family for a very, very long time. And he would stop by our house once or twice a year to check up on us, to make sure we were all, uh, all going to school. 
and, you know, he would ask us questions and he would guide us a little bit. What do you want to do? And this is how you do this. And those one once or twice a year that he'd stop by were just very important to us. Um, his name is um, Alfonso Lewis. Uh-huh. And he, he, um, he actually ended up teaching in the high school that I went to, which was different from when my sisters were going to school. He taught uh, music appreciation. But he was always about um, taking groups of students that he felt were um, didn't have the same things as everybody else and try to gather them and try to give them the same opportunities as other other students have. That's awesome. Yeah. Corey, did you have any uh, influences um, that you wanted to talk about growing up that had an impact on your career choice? Yeah, um, my dad is a, a kind of a hobbyist of tinkering and fixing things and he, he can fix anything and he I remember we had a basement and he built it out. He did all the construction himself. So he could do a lot of things himself. And I remember as a kid, I was often hanging around in the garage of the workshop. You know, we didn't have iPads and all that stuff or, you know, on-demand TV. So there wasn't all of that taking our attention. So if you were bored, you went to find somebody to, to help occupy your time. So I remember hanging out in the garage or in the basement workshop where my dad was working and asking him if I could help and, that's, that's what I remember seeing growing up. And I, I enjoyed being a part of those projects or just watching and helping. So you probably, you didn't even realize that was forming what you were going to end up becoming, even though it, it probably had a huge impact at the time. Right. Um, yeah. So working in a male dominated industry has to have some challenges. Um, and obviously the electrical industry, engineering and electrical contracting electricians, I would say, you know, obviously it is a male dominated industry. Um, so do either of you have any perspective on um, maybe what some of the challenges were or, or did, do you feel like there were challenges, um, you know, going through your career progression to where you are now? And maybe if there were, how did you overcome those? Interestingly enough, I... I think my my own perception of myself and and my own I guess over concern of how I came across or how I was perceived was probably more of an influence than anybody else on me. I sometimes would find myself questioning, well, how should I say this so I'm not perceived as this or that or maybe I'm being too quiet in this in this area when really all what all that was needed was for me to just participate as anybody else would and once I got over that, you know, self-perception and just participated as a member of the team, everything, everything was fine for me. Great. That's wonderful. Um, so you didn't, it really didn't seem like you were getting outside influences there with, you know, um, challenges that way. A lot of it might come from within just, you know, being a female in a male dominated industry, which totally makes sense. Um, Bertha, did you experience any challenges or anything uh, in that area? Um, I don't think I noticed that, okay. that that was just me not, you know, being me. I don't, I don't see people, I guess. And can, one of the things Rosenden, Rosenden does really, really well is can you do the work? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are. Can you do the work? And I just felt like I could do the work, right? I can get an engineering mm-hmm. degree. I can take this class because this is interesting. This is exciting. So that, that, that's kind of my philosophy as well. 
if you can do the work, do the work. It doesn't matter whether who, who you are, or what your background is, just, you know, you go, you go for it. I didn't awesome. notice that. I didn't notice that this was mostly males until I was standing um, in front of the, of ele- the elevators in the engineering department. And there were three of us and, th- you know, it was three and we were all girls and we were waiting to take the elevator upstairs to the, to the third floor. And somebody walked up and said, oh, well, this is quite a scene. It's three ladies, you know, that are, wait- are here in the engineering department. Wow, that's really special. And we turned around and looked at each other and was like, what, what is he talking about? You know, we didn't get it. It's just really, really naive. I you love know? that. I love that you didn't feel that. that that's great. Um, so if so you don't you know, you don't know. You didn't really feel held back by your gender then in, that, in your industry. No, not and at all. Either. Corey, you didn't either? No, um, I don't feel that gender held me back. But like Bertha, I remember um, as a, I was in my mid-20s, I was working as a drafter and I, I was in night school. So I was working towards my engineering degree, but I was still a drafter. But they would send me out to do field surveys in these buildings. And some of the buildings we were working in were uh, big switch facilities for telecom. So there were these great big buildings with just a lot of uh, telephone equipment in them. And I would be walking around this building with my clipboard looking at things. And many of the employees in these buildings were, were older gentlemen. And they would come across me, you know, wandering around with a clipboard looking at stuff. And I, I would just get the strangest looks like, who is this person in my building? And, you know, wow. And, you know, sometimes they would make comments you know, about what is this young lady doing here? You know, nice, you know, in a, in a nice manner, not not in a accusing right. way at all, but just kind of a joking way. Mm-hmm. But um, sitting in the meetings with a bunch of old white guys, I remember um, in a room and me being the only female and kind of younger people would would question my, you know, my knowledge and think, well, what is she doing here? She's she's young. She's a woman. Why? Is she, you know, what is this about? So nobody ever really said things. But I do remember getting strange looks. Rosanen's engineering team has 30 women out of 80 employees, and that's about 37.5 percent which is way above the industry average of 10%. So I kind of wanted to talk about that. That's just so awesome. And we wanted to highlight that point, um, you know, that Rosanen's obviously, um, I don't know if that's on purpose or if it's that, um, you know, they have a push to make sure that they have, you know, an equal equitable uh, balance of employees. But I just think that's so awesome that they have um, such a high percentage of, of female engineers. So could you elaborate on your experience, you know, at Rosanen and how, You've been able to succeed. Um, it doesn't sound like you have let that gender has been an issue for you, but obviously, you know, Rosenden has a, a greater percentage of female engineers than other companies out there. So I kind of wanted to highlight that. Do you have any thoughts on why that is or, you know, how they, um, you know, address that issue? You know, um, when I started at Rosenden almost 11 years ago now, there were a lot of women there. And I found that to be, you know, it wasn't, wasn't something I was seeking out as, well, I'm only going to work at a place that has a lot of women. That right. wasn't even a factor for me. But I was really pleasantly surprised. I thought, well, that's really cool. Right. And over the years, as the department has grown, we have maintained that um, that that high percentage of women 
And I have to say, it all happened organically. Nobody did this on purpose. Nobody sought out women or gave preferential choice to any candidates based on anything. I, I think Rosenden does a really great job of hiring based on um, ability and and skill set and good fit for for the for the position that's open. So. Amazingly enough, and I, I wish I had a better answer for other departments and other companies that are looking to increase their number of women. I, th again, this was just all by chance. But I think another factor that is really important to look at as, as a department, we really feel like family. I think we have a great group. We we care about each other. We enjoy working together. Our office environment is, is happy and friendly. We work really hard. There's definitely stress, but we help each other out. And I think that goes a long way towards just fostering a real environment of care and that everybody feels welcome to the table and happy to be there. And that, that goes a long way for us, I believe. That's wonderful to hear. Uh, Bertha, do you have any thoughts on that as far as, you know, how you've been able to succeed at Rosenden, and if you feel like there's anything, um, you know, special there, or is it just, you know, like Corey said, it's just, that's just how it happened. There just happens to be a lot of women there because they're capable and, you know, they're picking the best people for the jobs, which is, which is awesome to hear. I, I think that's just, that's just what it is. Um, we had like Bill Mazzetti would be, again, like, like I said before, can you do the job? That's all we, they care about is hiring the right person for, for the job is if they can do the work. And it doesn't matter how or what you look like or what color your hair is or anything. Um, it's just, it's just by, by ability. And we do look for people that, that fit our, like our way of, of living. You know, we all enjoy going out to lunch together you know, and just solving what Corey always says is solving the world's problems over lunch. You yeah, know? <laughs> <it's fun. laughs> that kind of relates to my next question then. So do you think maybe that double standard is going away when it comes to women in male dominated industries? I mean, there has always been a little bit of a stigma um, as far as, you know, being treated differently or, you know, maybe you don't have the same access to the same jobs and, and things like that. Do you think that's changing? Um, or do you still feel like uh, you have to be sm smarter, better, faster, tougher than your male counterparts? It doesn't seem like that's what you're saying. It's just, however, you just have to do the job. And if you are smarter, better, faster, you're going to succeed. I, I think there is a double standard. I think both Corey and I succeeded because we didn't give it attention. Um, we didn't pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's definitely there. But if you don't care about it, and you don't, you know, you don't give it weight, you're not going to let it bother you. I work really, really hard. And I know Corey works really, really hard. For me, it was mostly though, to justify myself as an electrical engineer, I have a mechanical engineering background. So I wanted to be able to go into meetings and speak electrical and have people understand that I knew what I was talking about because I didn't have that education that everybody else has. Um, so for me, that's actually why within a few months of joining Rosenden, that's why I pushed to, to get the PE because I wanted to be able to go into meetings and feel comfortable in my own skin saying that, yes, I do know enough to handle this project and make the client 
or make, you know, our foreman and our project manager feel comfortable that they're in good hands. Yeah, I agree with what Bertha said. That That is really, I love what you said, Bertha, about the double standard, not, not giving it much attention and just going in and doing your job and taking care of everybody around you and making sure that you're, you know, the team is, is functioning well together. Um, I, I think that's, that's such a key in just bashing out that double standard and, and making it not something that's going to stop us or, or put, put any kind of hindrance on us. Definitely. So as far as, um, you know, do you feel like your male counterparts have accepted the female engineers seamlessly? There hasn't been really any uh, issues with that, or is that something that has gotten better over time? I feel I that at Rosenin specifically, um, there it's seamless. We, we work together as a really collaborative team on project collaboration, where we're working with a general contractor and other trade partners like mechanical, structural, um, seismic engineers. We are all working together. And I, I feel like in the entire industry, we, we don't seem to have a real visible problem that I have noticed in, in, in the industry where there's biases against gender. So I, I find that to be refreshing, but I also find it to be part of the, you know, professional expectations is, hey, we're a big team. We're here to solve a big problem in really short time. So chop, chop, let's get to it. And let's not get distracted by this or that other factor that, that might be coming in. So it's, it's refreshing just to see people, like Bertha said, doing their jobs and, and loving what they do and, and coming to solve problems together. I think refreshing is the best word there, Dot. It's just so great to hear. I love hearing that. Um, so I guess in about we're getting ready to wrap it up or getting about ready to get it to the time limit here. Um, do you have any words of wisdom for other uh, females looking to break into electrical engineering or even electrical contracting? Um, you know, young girls who are looking toward that, they may not be thinking of it at the time, but um, it sounds like both of you the path that you took toward engineering wasn't necessarily established at that young of an age. So um, do you have any words of wisdom for them uh, who maybe they are good at math or science, or maybe they haven't even thought about engineering, um, but you know, that it is possible for them. I've found the best engineers are the ones that love to solve problems. So if you grew up and you loved to do puzzles, you loved to do any kind of um, hobby that involved problem solving or figuring something out, that is a great indicator that you're going to be a really good engineer. And if you're stubborn and if you're willing to, to <laughs> stick it out and just work on something until you get it, even if you've got to take breaks and walk away for a little bit, that's a great trait for engineers. Wonderful. Bertha, do you have any advice? Uh, yes, my, my advice is actually a little more broad, um, and it's for, for any, anybody, um, is set your bar really, really high. You know, if, if you set your bar low, you are always going to succeed. If you set your bar really high, you're going to get higher and you're going to do more than you've ever, ever thought possible. And don't look at things or starting a new process or a new field or a new career. Don't look at it with fear. You know, sometimes I think fear um, stops us from, from moving forward or from starting. Look at it with excitement. It's, it's, it's a very similar feeling. Look at it with excitement. You look at it, anything with excitement, you'll get it done. 
It's been so great talking to you. And I would say refreshing is one of the words and also inspiring. So you, I know you both are inspiring to me. I was, it's an honor to talk to you today and I really appreciate um, you taking the time to talk to us. So um, I wanted to thank you for sharing all of your personal insights into what it's like to succeed in the historically male dominated electrical industry, as well as your thoughts on what the future holds for females in STEM careers. Your experience and expertise in this area shed light on so many important issues for our audience of electrical engineers electrical contractors and plant facility personnel. And I really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us today. In closing, I'd like to also thank associate editor Ellie Coggins for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of our readers. For more information, visit our website at ecmweb.com. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. Well, I think that's it for now. I'm Ellen Parson signing off of ECNM on air. Please let me know if you have any podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future. And don't forget to check out the members only portal on our website for more podcasts and other content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thank you and have a great day.